What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. And welcome to The Rage. My name is Callista Termini. And I'm Jennifer Termini. And today we're going to talk about what maybe I could have possibly done differently in terms of coming out and the process of me coming out as a transgender woman uh, in general. Okay. So I think the first thing that I wanted to think about was like, you know, the process of actually self-acceptance for myself. And I'm uh, going into this basically because I know that there's a lot of people who are watching this who may be struggling with their own um, self-acceptance and gender identity. And um, I'm someone who transitioned, you know, later in life. Um, so uh, you would call me, I'm a translator. And <laughs> Is that really a term? Um, well, it kind of is, yeah. Okay. Um, and so... <laughs> You know, in that respect, there's a lot of reasons as to why um, that was the case. But suffice it to say, uh, coming out was not something that I just decided one day. Uh, I think, as I have alluded to in the past, there was a time when I felt as though there was this other person inside of me. And um, I remember laying in bed. Um, and this was when we were living in um, uh, Santa Monica. No, uh, after that, Park La Brea. Park La Brea, and I remember. Were we married or not married? We were married. Okay. Um, or just around that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I was laying in bed, and I remembered saying to myself, "Okay, if Callista is real, um, I'm going to like let my guard down, and I'm just going to let her come out." And like, and just have my eyes closed into sort of this visual sort of idea of saying, if you're here, yes, say hello kind of thing. And to my surprise, there was like this presence. And it was, I, I don't have good words to describe it because this wasn't like a dissociative type of situation where I felt like there's this other voice inside of me. It was just like me. Not like schizophrenia. Well, schizophrenia is completely different, but yes. Um, so it wasn't like another personality, a schism. It was me allowing my femininity to, uh, to just sort of like, for me to say like, if there is this feminine self, please reveal yourself. Because you were suppressing it subconsciously or consciously. Yes, yes. And to my surprise, there was this feeling, this sense of, you know, that there was like this whole other part of me that came to the surface. Right. And I remember immediately feeling uh, scared and uh, panicky and... Um, literally, you know, having like an anxiety attack and I don't have anxiety attacks you anymore. Know. Well, the only time I did have anxiety 
attacks was when uh, that happened and then when I was coming to terms with finally accepting okay. that I was trans. Um, what would you call the episode that you had prior to us meeting where you your girlfriend had broken up with you, you you'd been laid off at your job oh, and yeah. you had a breakdown. Oh, what, the, what was that? Was that anxiety or depression? That or? Was, yeah, that was a major depressive episode. Okay. Yeah, completely different. Was, and that was not anything to do with your transition that you were aware of? It was completely other things? Or do you think there was some I think overlap? I think there's definitely overlap because I wasn't, um, I, I didn't fit. I didn't feel like I fit in the world. And yeah. so I wasn't happy. And, and to have those two things that you could kind of identify, your, you could cling to as an identification of being someone's boyfriend and being an, an employed by a certain place now those are stripped from you and then right. who are you well they're points of stability yeah and so when you start taking away the stability you take away someone's financial stability um and then you take away their social stability mm -hmm. then of course they're going to be really struggling and yeah um and f at that time um, I didn't know what to do differently. I didn't know what was different. I just knew that I didn't feel like myself. I didn't yeah. like the way that I felt. I felt like... You used to always say the word alien. Yeah. Like yeah. that you were from another planet or you were born in the wrong decade. I used to say that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Definitely felt like I should have been born on another planet. I remember feeling that way when I was, uh, when I was a teenager mm -hmm. uh, growing up. But... Um, you know this this idea at that time of letting this feminine energy come to the surface and then realizing that there was something there scared the heck out of me and so i immediately suppressed it and was like i don't want this i don't need this and so it was literally like putting Callista back in a box yeah and was this before or after I found the pills that were for breast growth in the office. Oh, this was before. Okay. Yeah, this was definitely before. Um, <laughs> so you suppressed it, but then it was creeping out by you going onto Google or Amazon or whatever and buying yeah, things. It, you, it's like you can't, once the genie's out of the bottle, you really can't put it back in. That's true. Um, hmm. So... Did I notice that you'd had an episode? Uh, did I ask you any questions, or was I just oblivious and doing my I, thing? I would have. Or you hit it very well. I would have had it. Uh, you know, I had that little anxiety attack. Um, it was the first time I remember feeling like panicky about something um, to that extent, and um, you know, and then I just calmed myself down and was like, "No, let's bury this and forget about it. This is not what I want. This is." You know, what am I even supposed to do with this? And, you know, and try and put it away. So you ha you were saying earlier that you were going to talk about, like, what you might have done differently. So, yes. So, first of all, that was, in part, was talking about, like, um, realizing that, like, coming out of the closet, quote-unquote, wasn't <laughs> something that I just did easily. Um, I did it, you know, kicking and screaming to a large extent. And it wasn't, and it was really like the house was burning down around me. And so it's like, if I was just staying in the closet, it was just going to get burned. In You'd the, be engulfed. Yeah. Now, I know you'd mentioned before that if I had been a more open and welcoming partner to that type of information that you mm -hmm. may have come forth sooner. Yes. But you knew that I wasn't. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you had said things as explicitly as I will leave you. Oh, was that when we went to the therapist and I said, if you think you're 
gay, I don't want to be in this marriage. If you think you're a woman, I don't want to be in this marriage. Yes. I don't want to have children with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so you were like, oh, we can't ever mention anything to her because then I will, you would, you would lose what you wanted, but you weren't thinking about what I wanted. Uh, incorrect. That is not true. I wanted... Oh, you were thinking that I wanted to not have that, so you were trying to make that happy? It, I Me wanted happy to, with I, that. Yes, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, you know, be in a relationship with you. I didn't want to lose you. I hear what you're saying. And I wanted to have that future for us where I could just, you know, be myself. And again, I was still questioning and trying to figure out, like is there a place for this in our life? But you were so unequivocally um, saying no at all, no whatsoever. Yeah, in a, in a romantic partner, I didn't want that. Yeah, and so there wasn't. It was just like, okay, well, I don't want to lose this person, and, you know, I, I don't regret, you know, our marriage one bit. Um, you know, as I've said before, like, I never wanted to be divorced. Right. Um, but so if things were different, if I had been a more open person to that, mm -hmm. what do you, how do you think you would have done it differently then? Well, I don't think it would have become such a big thing. I think that there would have been room for it, you know, perhaps in the bedroom. Um, you know, oh, like maybe start there and not instead of maybe suggesting therapy. Like to like like when we went to the therapist to learn how to talk to each other, mm -hmm. how to uncouple successfully. Yeah. I wonder if seeing a therapist to talk through how to incorporate those things or how to accept those things gently mm -hmm. rather than like if if your thought was we could have started in the bedroom right. and role playing there. But then that there's still it, that's sort of like it feels like putting the cart before the horse. Well, let's put it this way. Like I knew that I couldn't express my femininity if I could speak, I couldn't express my femininity with you in any way, shape, or form that exposed myself. Right. Well, that's why I was thinking if a couple that was having those types of thoughts and feelings, if they went to a marriage counselor mm -hmm. to ease, like the shoehorn of easing in the information yeah. rather than just going straight to kink. Yeah, and I'm not even suggesting kink necessarily. I'm suggesting that... Um, you know, so for me, the refuge was, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm getting hung up on the word kink because I can see where it would be thought of like that. But I'm just thinking in terms of like, if I could have been my more feminine self uh. instead of having to be like the you know, stereotypical male presenting in the bedroom. Okay, okay. So I just want to, I want to clarify something <laughs> because... You were not a macho... No, I wasn't. ...person. And yes. you were not a macho lover. No. And so I was accepting of a gentler type of a man, mm -hmm. but I didn't want a man who was dreaming that their penis was a vagina. Sure. You know what I mean? I get that. And I think, like, there wasn't an opportunity for us to really talk about those things because... Uh, for me, there was just nothing but shame there. Well, and I don't think you really wanted to use your penis, right? <laughs> I mean, you did, but you didn't, you wanted to, you wished it was something else. So I don't know that we could have ever bridged that gap in mm -hmm. a way that would have been satisfactory right. to you or me. Right. Like, because I think we already was... were a more gentle type couple in general, like mm -hmm. the way we relate to each other. 
like the way we talk, the the way uh, I just felt like there was a more gentle way about us mm-hmm. as a couple. I agree with that, and so I think that you know in respect to the bedroom in terms of what that looks like uh, you know i don't know like the details i don't want to get caught up in the details per se right um but i just felt like there was no place for me to express any sense of you know what felt feminine for me or what felt like like what could you what were you wanting to express to me that i i wasn't willing to hear then but obviously i can hear it now sure what would you have said to me what would you how would you approach that i don't you know i i think that like would you have wanted to wear lingerie oh yeah so that would have been something that would have helped you feel more feminine yeah and i think also like yeah i I mean, I don't want to be explicit here, but, you know, certainly if there was more give and take in terms of, um, you know, who was the top, so to speak. (laughs) Now, this is the part where (laughs) we say all this stuff and we're so open and then there's just certain words or certain visuals that make me go, mom and dad, close your ears, close your eyes. (laughs) Nobody that I know watch this, please. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like like you saying that on top. I was like. Right. Well, you know, I mean, listen, we're all adults here, number one. Um, uh, You know, but beyond that, I guess, you know, there's a connotation there that I'm trying to put politely. Oh, okay. Well, that implies that it was only a one-way street, and that's not true. Uh, What's a one-way street? Well, not as far as top and bottom. Uh, in In the sense of what it means if someone is a top? Oh, you mean like front and back? No, no, no. So, like, like, okay. So, in um, okay for the uninitiated, um, in when someone refers to uh, in let's just say uh, non-heterosexual relationships. Uh, oh, you mean giving instead of receiving? Yes. Okay, I'm li- I'm such a literal person that I'm literally thinking I'm on top, you're on top. Yes, and I'm like that was pretty equal yeah and you're talking giving versus receiving yes understood so if there was more equality oh that yes and more ability for me to be you know express my femininity and there was more acceptance around that that would have been um for me i and you know granted i'm not saying like hey you did this and i felt ashamed like the shame was already baked in <laughs> baked in yeah there was I mean, a nice thick crust oh, already on that was, pie it was yeah <laughs> from a very early age too so this wasn't like a fresh off the shelf pie this pie had been sitting around for and a when long we say time. pie we're not talking about my pie <laughs> no, we're talking about the, mine. A, a proverbial baked pie yes so, a metaphor anyway metaphor Oh, so, that's so funny. There are things, you know, so when I did, though, um, finally, <laughs> uh, when the house was on fire and I had to come out of the closet, um, I came out running with my hair on fire. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah. And yeah. so... You were like, knocked me over and just said, here I come. Yeah. Like it or not. I, and I think that because it had been so repressed for so long, it was just... I mean, I literally have this metaphor of, like the king is dead and the you know the the prisoner in the dungeon who had been trapped down there is the rightful heir who has this who is to ascend the throne yeah. and so there was like this whole 
I mean, it just, I mean, I just caught fire. And so funny. You love royal metaphors. You love to, you love the whole, <laughs> you know, medieval dungeon king, queen, you know, it's well, very funny. I think that's how I do definitely see Callista as someone who was locked in a dungeon. I, I know you've mentioned that, but I also think that she was in her, in your mind, she was born of all the video games that you played that were very much like yeah. back in that time yeah, of medieval, medieval fantasy. And so it's, and a, it's very tightly woven for you. So it's just interesting that the words which is fine yeah it's funny yeah um but i was just thinking that i had to your um not to your advantage to your disadvantage with me i had already had experience with a boyfriend who wanted to explore femininity Mm -hmm. and i explored that femininity and i realized i didn't like it Mm -hmm. so when it came time for calista to potentially want to explore femininity with me the door was closed and there was a, a lock on it i was not interested at all so if if i had been a different person or i hadn't had that experience i might have explored that with you Mm -hmm. but since i'd already did it did it did it and Mm -hmm. realized i didn't like it that was not an option so i think like in hindsight you know when i finally did come out if i were to do things differently now i don't necessarily know that the end result would have been any different right but i think that i would have done it with a bit more um uh you know uh empathy and conscientiousness for it's so hard you know. though i mean i i appreciate that and i hear you saying it but if i was to put myself in your shoes i don't know how you do it gently and gracefully at some point like i feel like you have to just rip the band-aid off like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna do it Mm -hmm. you need to do it yeah if you're not gonna do it well then that's just kind of like slowly starting to pull the band-aid off and then putting it back on slowly starting to put it back on i don't know like yeah and i don't know like i think like the big you know question is if i had been if i had come out and then gone much more slowly in terms of my transition how would that affected the relationship i don't think it would have been any different Mm -hmm. i don't really think it would have been any different because Mm -hmm. the end result in that relationship is that we still have a relationship Mm -hmm. it's just redefined yes we still have a friendship we still love each other we still care about each other None of that changed, and in fact, in ways, it's gotten stronger and better, but it totally obliterated the romantic relationship. So I don't know that that, even if you had gone slow, Mm -hmm. I think I was so fixed in position that it's not what I wanted, Mm -hmm. that I don't think it would have been any different. I, I definitely see that. However, for people at home who, or wherever you are, uh, that may be. Uh, are you are you you um, <laughs> not gendering homes? What are you doing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm assuming that people are listening to this and watching it at home. But no, wherever you are. Uh, but they say that on TV all the time. For those of you at home, but I guess if it's TV anyway. Um, the point that I'm getting at is your who you were as a person and being like, no, I was you know, completely intransient to the idea of being with someone who had, you know, feminine qualities or who was going to transition, that that was just not at all possible is not necessarily the same for, you know, other people. So, yeah. So going slow could be good for a different person. Yes. And so that's why I say, like, for me, um, I, again, was just like, I, 
caught fire. And um, the, there's an expression that I, um, a therapist I knew once used, which is to refer to um, how certain people transition. And she said that she had two types of clients. Mm -hmm. She had cheetahs and she had sloths. Okay. So there's some people who just go very slowly, who are very, you know, um, reluctant to move forward. And because there's a lot of fear based in that. Um, and then there's cheetahs that were like, I want it all. I want it now. Like you. Yeah. yeah. Look at the outfit you're wearing. Kind of cheetah-esque. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely your personality. Yeah. I mean, both of us are pretty resolute people. So you get two resolute people together and you're like, I'm a cheetah on fire going towards <laughs> transition. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not budging. No, thank you. So. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but for those of you at um, who, <laughs> wherever you are, um, whoever you are, whoever you are, are um, you know, finding a way to with your partner um, to include them and to be uh, appreciative of, you know, their thoughts and feelings. I that's, I think, the thing that I wish that. Um, I had done differently. Not that there would have necessarily been a different outcome. I just don't know. It could have been a smoother transition. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. There could have been less hard feelings. I mean, the first year I was literally throwing myself into early menopause through my stress. I was sweating and I was like, couldn't sleep. And you probably didn't see any of that because I wasn't sleeping in the bedroom with you. I was on the sofa, but yeah. I was up all night in full-blown panic mode, having night sweats and just very unhappy and sad that was and a, uncomfortable. Yeah, that was a really tough time. That was such a tough time. So one of the things that occurs to me from our our uh, leadership training, from our self-improvement um, seminars that we had gone to over the years, we've talked about that in the past, one of the things that they teach you is when you're going to engage in conversation with someone is to ask permission to have a conversation with them because some people aren't in the right headspace. They're mm -hmm. busy, they're tired, they're hungry, whatever it is. So if you say to your partner or a loved one or friend or whoever you want to have a, a conversation with, you know, hey, may I have your permission to bring a subject up? Are you okay with us having a conversation? Mm -hmm. Some form of that kind of language, getting permission to speak about something. And then they'll say yes or no. And if they say yes, well, it doesn't matter what you're gonna say, at least they are going to be you know they're receptive at the very least you know they're willing to hear whatever you have to say it doesn't mean they're going to like it but they're going to listen to you versus just talking to someone when they're distracted and they don't want to hear it they're going to automatically be negative so if you get permission to speak now you know they're listening now whatever it is you say try your very best not to use words like you because as soon as you say the word you to mm -hmm. someone it automatically puts that person on defense yep. they just they don't even know what you're going to say but they're on guard it's like oh they're saying something about me and it could be negative so i got to protect myself and i got to get ready to fire back so just eliminate the word you from any part of the conversation and, and use a lot of i language like i'm feeling this way i would like to have a conversation i would like to mm -hmm. get your opinion about X, Y, and yeah. Z. I'm thinking, of, I'm feeling a feminine way and I don't know where it's going, but what are your thoughts on that? Like, yeah. Something like that to start a dialogue yeah. in a gentle way. Don't go right into, you know, I'm going to cut everything off and yep. have surgeries and change my name tomorrow. Like, cut that's, everything off. <laughs> I know that's really crude. I didn't mean to be so crude. I was just kind of cutting to the chase. Uh-huh. Cutting to the chase. Another <laughs> yeah, but I'm bad word. Um, let me let me backtrack. Um, 
try to find a way to soft pedal it. So get the permission and try to soft pedal into these conversations um, gently. And I think also not to feel like everything has to be solved in one conversation. Right. Like deciding like, hey, can we just have a, a dialogue and be open to discussing some of this and not having to actually come to a conclusion that's a really good idea because it puts a lot of pressure on people to come to a conclusion Mm -hmm. and a lot of things that get discussed may change yeah a person may feel one way one day and then after sleeping on it a couple of days and maybe talking to someone else they might come back and say you know what i have a different opinion on that topic yeah so to be open to hearing even things we don't like Mm -hmm. and and like to your point not everything needs an answer. Yes. Sometimes you can share something and you can even say to that person, I want to share some things with you. And I am asking that you just receive that information and don't don't say anything mm-hmm. yet. Think about it. And then yes. let's circle back at a later date that you both agree on to, to resume that conversation. That allows a lot of yep. grace for both sides. In, in couples therapy, one of the things that um, I've worked on with couples is the idea of as you said, um, talking about something without using I statements and then without saying you statements. Sorry. Thank you. I is the preference without using you statements. Sorry. I was talking while thinking simultaneously. (laughs) Are Um, you chewing gum too? (laughs) No, that would be too much for my brain. Um, so using I statements, uh, for myself and not pointing a finger saying, like you said, I feel this way. This is what I'm experiencing. Yeah, Um, how do you feel and what do you want? What are you experiencing uh without any judgment towards your partner? And then for the other person to say as a response, like for them to not feel like they have to explain their position or that they have to respond in any way other than to say, I appreciate I hear you. Yes, I hear you. I hear you is a good one. Nobody likes to be fixed. Yep. I'm, I'm listening and I hear you or I see you and I hear you. Yeah. And then you could ask for time. Like, yeah. And then can I think about literally this? and then to like walk away. Like you set that ground rule. Like I'm I mean, just going just, to don't just get up from the conversation. Well, but. no, no, no. In this in this particular circumstance, it's like giving that person the freedom to speak and then to have the response of thank you. I hear you. I see you. And then that person like in, if it was me who was saying these are the ways that I feel and then giving you time to process what I've said yes and walk and walk away and then at a later point yes for you then to do the same I've listened to you here is my response and my only then response afterwards is I hear you and I appreciate you and thank you. Yes, I love that. That is that is something that we did learn, right? It's yes. don't don't try to fix, don't have an answer. Sometimes it's just your answer is I see you and I hear you. Yeah. And a story for that moment. Yeah. And because the thing is, is you are going to sleep on it and think about it. And your response is different than what your reaction would be. Reactions can be emotional. Responses can be more cerebral. Reactions are typically always emotional. And it's usually Mm fear-based or scared because scared is fear. But not knowing uh, what that meant or how to respond. Not knowing how that's going to change the dynamics of financial situation, a housing situation, Mm -hmm. a, a relationship. So many things swirl into a person's head when new information that could be deemed different pops yes. up. 
So all of that being said, the idea is to give each other time with the information and find a way to be compassionate to one another when discussing things that are very, um, uh, I don't know. Sensitive. Sensitive, yeah, that's a good word. Well, one of the things that I always do is I, are we good on time or no. we, we're not good on time? We no. got to wrap? Yeah. I'll be real quick. One of the things that I, a strong suit of mine is empathy. So I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes and think about how scared they must be or how difficult it must be for them to share or be yes. vulnerable. So I think about that a lot and I tread carefully. Not everybody's mm -hmm. like that and that takes practice, but um, mm -hmm. since we're at... Yeah, well, that didn't work with my transition, so... Whatever. What do you mean? <laughs> Kidding. I, I, well, yeah, I was shocked, but I was also, and I was scared, and I was upset, and I was devastated, but I, I was also empathetic to yes, you. Yes, I just, know. It just took a while, like, yes. but I didn't move out of the house right away. I didn't. No, I, 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 I sat there and had coffee with you every morning, and we talked yes. every morning. We yes, talked. We did for like an hour. And people were telling me all kinds of crazy things, like I should leave and I should be mad at you. And I just had so much empathy for you, mm -hmm. even though I was devastated. So how dare you? <laughs> because it was just thinking, I was thinking. You I were was just being, used to getting your way. No, that's not, for, that's definitely not true. But I was just saying that because of the end result. Oh. That's all, so. I still have empathy for of you. Of course, and likewise. So, um, All right. <laughs> yeah, we did. So anyway, everyone, uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're on the podcast, we appreciate your continued support. Yeah, please hit the like, the share, and the comments uh, section. And if you want to join us on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate that. Thank you to all of our current patrons. I love getting your messages and responding. And anytime someone specifically has a message for Callista, never fear. I make sure that if she hasn't seen it herself, that she does see it. I usually take a snapshot and then I text it to her <laughs> and say, please pay attention to this. Please answer this. So we do our best. Sometimes one or two slip through the cracks and I apologize for that. But for the most part, we do answer yeah. most of your questions. So again, thanks everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into The Rage. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share, and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.